Back before we called it voicemail, or at least when voicemail meant something different and more specific, the world had the humble answering machine. Hi, we're not here right now, but we'll call you back if you leave your name and number. If you aren't of the age to remember, the answering machine was a physical audio recorder that plugged into your phone line. You couldn't call into it remotely. You had to wait till you got home to check your messages. And they were the source for a lot of Seinfeld gags. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Most answering machines recorded on cassette tape. Your magnetically recorded message would be saved until you recorded over it or changed the cassette. When I was a little kid, my family had a different kind of answering machine. It was actually tapeless. I think it was a Sony, and it was digital. That's my dad, a man who's not apt to forget a piece of telephone technology. It was like a little tower with a big push button on top that would blink once uh, you had a message. In addition to play and shuttle, it had a record button for your greeting. But on this machine, you could also record your own messages directly into it. Like a voicemail will function on your phone. Note to self. I think the idea was if you were the husband and wife passing, you know, running kids around and stuff, that you could leave each other messages on it if you were just standing in front of it. Like you wouldn't have to call it on your non-existent cell phone because none of us had cell phones back then. I don't think mom and I ever, ever used that. But you used it because you liked hearing yourself recorded. It sat on top of my parents' bureau, so I must have had to climb on a stool or something. But I spent untold hours talking into this device. Okay, um, my voice is going to come out all weird and staticky from this thing. Recorded it and played it many, many times. If you recorded multiple memos, then hit the play button, it would run them all back to back in the order in which they were created. You're telling me, kid. To a young me, this was absolute magic. By this method, and in a spirit of endless experimentation, I'd fill the tiny hard drive with recordings, structured as imaginary shows. I have no idea what about. I'm not sure I did then. Probably just whatever came to mind. I'd listen through it a hundred times in pieces as I built my episode up, and a few times over as a finished product and wait for my parents to check their messages. I have great parents, so they listen through with at least feigned enthusiasm. But sooner or later, we'd need the space. And with the click of a button, it was all gone. Hello? This is your grandmother. Is anyone there? It's over, okay? See ya. After the vista. It's gone. It's off. Bye. Whatever. Okay. Soon enough, I'd make another. And none of those were saved. This tape I've been playing is the closest thing I have left. It was actually recorded on microcassette, which looks just like a regular cassette tape shrunk down to a quarter of the size. My next fascination after answering machines. Here I'm wandering around my dad's office with his handheld voice recorder. We're inside my dad's work. I sound about 10. Let's take a brief look around. I made lots of tapes like this, but as far as I can find, this is the last one I have left from this early in my life. 
Do I wish more had been saved? Especially those early answering machine productions? I don't know. I guess so. It's comparable to a baby picture, an old yearbook, or some other keepsake. Maybe the most like a Sunday school craft project for Mother's Day. Ragged and potentially embarrassing, however sentimental. Can you say that one more time? Actors, performance piece. But it's ephemeral. It's a fleeting moment. And it's gone. Even though I was young, I knew that at the time. It's these moments this show fixates on. Lost materials, dropped threads, forgotten stories. Ephemera, in the way that it's intertwined in our lives. All those things, tangible and intangible, that you wish you could take just one more look at before they vanish into the past. America's produced like lots and lots of stuff, just piles of stuff, and it's sitting around in storage spaces, and we keep making it and buying it, and then what do you do with it? And it's got to go somewhere. The fact of the matter is, is all day long, every day, there are warehouses full of stuff getting just pushed off a cliff, getting shoved off into the abyss and being destroyed. All day, every day. That's Ian Nagoski, who runs the Canary Records label. A friend of mine, uh, Steve Smolian, who's a record guy like me, said that what he loves is being the guy standing at the edge of the cliff, waving his arms, going, wait, no, let me look at those first before you throw them away. I think there might be some good stuff in there. I yes. think there might be some stories. I don't think we should throw all those away yet. Because museums can't handle it. The big cultural institutions can't handle it. There's just too much stuff. You know, they're getting donated piles of stuff all the time. The fact of the matter is they don't always know or care. They're looking for specific things that relate to specific narratives. So you always need somebody who's looking for a different story. We have a season, 10 episodes of stories from that realm, of things that were just barely saved, and in some cases, not saved at all. A bizarre tale of two infamous New Yorkers. They booby-trapped their home and turned it into the sealed fortress of ephemera. A missing chapter of American music history. There hasn't been a guess culturally that they matter. So they get thrown in the garbage. A decade's worth of original television lost to the airwaves. It's over. It's ephemeral. You're going to see something else the next second and nobody's ever going to see it. A piece of music that's defied convention for 70 years. I had students write down the sounds they heard during it. And one girl said, I never realized there was so much to listen to. And what could only be called an audio mystery. It said nothing on it, and it clearly had been recorded, which intrigued me. What is this going to be? These stories and more give a new life, if only for a glimpse. There's times I can't help but feeling like that little kid again talking into a machine that I'm sure won't save anything I say into it. Is this podcast a piece of ephemera in the making? A forgotten story about forgotten stories? Only time will tell. Ephemeral debuts May 20th. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more at ephemeral.show.
end of messages.